Well, today is part three of our series called The Leader, where we've been looking at how Jesus is the greatest leader who ever lived, and he gave us the greatest leadership model that's ever been given. And the reason that we've been talking about that Jesus is the greatest leader is because nobody has ever had more influence on the world than what Jesus did. And we talked about that back in week one, that leadership is simply influence. It's nothing more, it's nothing less, which means that every single one of us is a leader, I don't care if you're a, a single parent, a stay-at-home mom, if you're working as a, a waitress somewhere, you don't have to be a CEO or a pastor or a, a sports team coach in order to be a leader. Every single one of us is a leader because, again, leadership is all about influence. And so we need to look at Jesus, who was the greatest influencer of all time, in order to understand how do we become better and better leaders. And so today what we're going to look at is, is sort of three things that we need to make sure uh, that we have going on in our lives in order to become more and more like what Jesus was in our leadership. So if you're taking notes here this morning on your outline there, to be a successful leader like Jesus, I must have clarity in my vision and mission and consistency in my values. Again, to be a successful leader like Jesus, I must have clarity in my vision and mission and consistency in my values. What I want to do then today is I want to look at, okay, well, what did that look like in the life of Jesus? And then what does it look like here at Exponential, just to sort of give you an, an idea of how that can be lived out. But really what I want to do is help you to discover how do you make sure that you have these three things in your personal life, vision for your personal life, mission in your life, and then the values that are going to sort of back all that up. Now, the first thing we need to do is define, well, what do each one of those words mean? So the first thing we need to look at is vision. Vision is the ability to see a preferred future. And ability is the the, uh, or a vision is the ability to see a preferred future. What leaders do is they help people go on a journey, a journey from here to there. Here is where you're at. This is the current reality. But vision is, here's where I'd like to be. So we go from here to there. Now, the problem is here is people are very content and comfortable. People get stuck. People like tradition that, oh, well, we've never done it that way before. I'm very comfortable here. But what leaders do is they help you to see a preferred future. No, no, no. There is so much better. So how are we going to get from here up to there? So that's vision from here to there. Next then, we have mission. Mission then describes the what and the how. So if vision is the why we would want to go to there, then mission is how are we going to get to there? What is it that we have to do to get to there? And then finally, values are who you want to be on the journey towards your vision. You see, values are like guardrails to help you to keep from getting off track. And it keeps you being who you want to be on the journey from getting from here to there. Now, if none of this makes any sense to you, let me give you a very real-world practical example of what this could look like. Your vision is to take you and your family to Disney, all right? So your current reality is you're here on a rainy Sunday in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or wherever you're tuning in. I think it's raining all over the place. I know probably down in our Hagerstown campus, it's raining down there as hard as it is here. So your vision is to get to there, which is Disney, but currently you're stuck here. So that's vision. 
Mission then is, how are we going to get there? Now, there's a lot of things that you need to discover. You know, how are we going to save up the money to get there? But let, let's just use the example of how to get there literally as in how do we get there? Are we going to walk there? Are we going to ride our bikes? Are we going to take a train? Are we going to fly by plane? Are we going to drive a car to get there? So the, the vision for many people could be the same get to Disney. But the mission then of how we do it, that can be different from each person, each organization of how are we going to go about doing this. Now, let's say you decide that we're going to drive there. What values are then is things like, okay, what is the route that we're going to take to get there? Because how you get there in the car and how I get there in the car may be different. So th these are the values. How are we going to get there? What speed are we going to go to get there? Because you could get there a lot faster than maybe somebody else, but maybe that's going to sort of uh, disrupt your values, let's say. <laughs> or here's a disruptor. What if you get to Disney and you went there by car, so you had the vision to get there, and you actually got there in the car, but in order to do it, you held a gun to somebody's head and you said, take me to Disney. You fulfilled your vision. Your mission was fulfilled. But is that who you want to be? So again, values are who do you want to be on the journey of getting towards your vision? Does that make a little bit of sense now? The, addition between, uh, the, uh, the difference between vision and mission and values. All right, so Jesus is the greatest leader of all time. And so we need to learn from him. So let's look at what does this look like in Jesus' life. So Jesus' vision was for a universal kingdom. That's what he wanted. He wanted a, a universal kingdom. Jesus was constantly talking and he was preaching about the, the kingdom of God is at hand. He, he wanted this universal kingdom where everybody was welcome into it. He's teaching about it. He's preaching about it. 37 of Jesus' parables are about the kingdom of God. So that's his vision. Now, the, the people, they thought that when Jesus was talking about this sort of universal kingdom, they thought that what he meant was that he was going to be like King David, that he was going to be this great conquering king, that he was going to overthrow the, the Roman Empire, that he was going to make Israel great again, Right? They thought that's what he was all about, was an earthly kingdom and about a nation becoming great. But he's like, no, 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 no. This vision that I have goes well beyond the borders of Israel. This vision that I have is an eternal kingdom. It's a kingdom where as long as people recognize that I am the king of all kings and I'm the Lord of all lords, that everybody is welcome into my kingdom. So that's Jesus' vision of the kingdom. Now, now John, he, he caught a glimpse of this. John was Jesus' best friend. And later, after Jesus had been resurrected from the dead and Jesus had returned back to heaven, many years later, John has this revelation from Jesus of, of what the future was going to look like. And in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 10, we read, I saw a large crowd with more people than could be counted. They were from every race, tribe, nation, and language. 
And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. They wore white robes and held palm branches in their hands as they shouted, Our God who sits upon the throne has the power to save his people, and so does the Lamb. So that's Jesus' vision for this universal kingdom. Now, how do we as exponential, how do we have a vision that fits within Jesus' vision? Well, here's sort of our vision. It's right on our business cards. If you've ever seen Exponential's business cards, here's the vision. We are a church for people who don't like church. From day one, that has been the vision, to be a church for people that don't like church. Because there's a lot of people out there that they go, you know what? I don't like the church. I've given up on the church. I don't know if God would be for me or if God is against me. And what we want Exponential to be is a place where people can come in, check out the claims of Jesus, check out the claims of Scripture, and find it a safe place to, to, to worship, to not worry about how they have to dress or, or think that, oh, it's going to be boring because the, it's going to be piano and organ music, and it's not the type of music that I listen to. To think that, oh, I, I've got to give money. And what did Bill just say to you just a couple minutes ago? If you're a guest with us, don't give. That's part of our vision. Just come in and, and be a part of our family. And if that all comes eventually, that you believe in Jesus and you're part of the family, then maybe you will give. I don't care. But we just want it to be a, a church for people that don't like church. In fact, I say that to people all the time when I invite them to Exponential. They're like, oh, I hate the church. I'm like, great, you're going to love our church then. Because we have designed a church for people like you, people that don't like the church. And so at, at Exponential, we are constantly talking about, you know, that, that you matter to God and you matter to us as well. And what we're trying to say by that is, look, in God's universal kingdom, there is a seat at the table for everybody. And so we have a seat here in our building, or we have a place online for you as well to come and experience who he is. So our vision is that men and women, uh, people of every color, people that are rich and poor, Democrat and Republican, would find Exponential a safe place to kick the tires on what Christianity is really all about. Now, as you begin to think then about your personal vision, Keep in mind that in the same way that with Exponential, our vision fits within Jesus' vision, your personal vision needs to fit within his vision as well. And so the easiest way to think about your own vision in your life, as you're leading in your family or at your workplace or in your neighborhood or a sports team or at your school, no matter where it's at, here's the easiest thing to think of, and that is a time machine. Think of a time machine. If you had a time machine, and you got into the little box, and you got in, and you saw there was buttons that said five years, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, and that if you push one of those buttons, it's going to, boom, flash forward, and you're going to be there. What would that look like? So let's say you push the button for 10 years from now, and when the doors open up, what would you hope to see as you walked out in your family? What would your family look like 10 years from now? What would your church look like? What would your neighborhood look like? What would this Harrisburg community or the Hagerstown community, wherever you're tuning in, what would that look like? What would your career look like 10 years from now? So again, it's this whole thing of this preferred future. What would you like the future to look like? That is the vision. Again, keep in mind, your vision has to reflect Jesus, because, you know, maybe your vision for your, your career 
is that, oh, wow, I'd like to, to make a lot of money. Well, are you being generous with that money? Is all that money helping to, to further God's kingdom and Jesus' vision? Or are you just selfishly keeping it all for yourself? And so we've got to be very, very careful that we don't put Jesus on the back burner as we try to sort of fulfill the vision that we think that we have for our lives. All right. So once you have a vision then, you've gone into the time machine, you, you've thought about the, the future, how are you going to get there? Again, that's where mission comes in, of how we're going to practically live it out. So Jesus' vision was for a universal kingdom, but how was he going to go about fulfilling this? Well, that's where his mission comes in. Jesus' mission was to create an ongoing team of global disciple makers. We talk about this a lot here at Exponential, that the goal isn't just to become a disciple yourself. No, the goal is to become a disciple maker. Why? Because that's what Jesus gave to us. That's his command to us. And I want you to notice that we don't just call it the great commission of God. No, we call it the great commission of God. It's a commission that he's given us. It's a co-mission. His goal wasn't just for disciples. His goal was to make disciple makers globally, all over the world. People making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Here's what Jesus actually said then. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. These verses we've read a lot here at Exponential. Hopefully by now you're memorizing it. Jesus came to his disciples and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so you and I have been commanded by Jesus to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's his mission. And that needs to be a part of our personal mission as well. And it needs to be a part of Exponential's vision and mission as well. And so that's why our mission here at Exponential is people helping people take life-changing next steps in their journey towards God. Again, what is it that we're about here? Our vision is to be a church for people that don't like church. How are we going to go about doing that? Well, it's us, people, helping people take life-changing next steps in their journey towards God. You hear us talk about that all the time. Bill, again, he talked about it earlier when he was talking about the connection card, that every single week you should be filling out a connection card and letting us know not only that you're here, but what is the next step that God is asking you to take. Because the only way we know how to pray for you and for your life is because you're telling us. We're not mind readers around here. I mean, I got a lot of training as a pastor to become a pastor, but mind reading was not one of them. So if you have a need of any sort, you need to let us know. People say that all the time. Well, the church doesn't care. They didn't. I didn't even know. Or people go, the church isn't helping me. Well, if we don't know how to help you take a next step, then we can't, we can't do it. So every week you should be letting us know what is the next step that God is asking you to take. Now here's the deal. That's not just my responsibility, and it's not just Bill and the leadership's responsibility to help you take next steps. What is our mission? It's people 
helping people take life-changing next steps in their journey towards God. And that's a reflection of Jesus' mission of disciples becoming disciple-makers. And so every single one of us here is to be a part of this mission. We need to help people take life-changing next steps. Now, for some people, they don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. So how are you going to help them take a life-changing next step? You're going to be a bridge builder. We talked about that in the series right before Easter. That you're going to just give them an next Hey, here's a book to read. Or here's an article you may want to do. Here's a sermon to listen to. Or maybe you're going to pray for them. You're just helping them take a next step. Some people already have a relationship with Jesus. And your job, again, is to come alongside everybody and say, how can I help you take a next step in your journey towards God? I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been a follower of Jesus. I don't care how holy you are. Every single one of us every day should be taking a next step to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And so, yes, there is some personal responsibility that everybody has for that, but it's also our job as the church to come alongside of people and help to disciple them, to help them to conform, to become closer and closer to the character of Jesus and to the conduct of Jesus as well. Does that make sense? All of us in our character and our conduct don't look like Jesus. There's some parts that do, but every day we should be growing closer in character and closer in conduct. And that's our job as the people of Exponential. Help people take those life-changing next steps in their journey towards God. We should be disciple makers. Again, that's not just my opinion. This is Jesus' command to us. Now, if you need help in any of this, one of the things that we offer here at Exponential is a thing called Small Circle. What Small Circle is really all about is helping people to get discipled and then how to be a disciple maker themselves. Small Circle is an incredible tool. It's helped to change sort of the, the culture here at Exponential, and if you're not a part of it, I encourage you to be a part of it. So if you're somebody that's going, man, I need somebody to disciple me. I, I need to grow into the character and the conduct of Christ. I need to become more and more like Jesus. I need a lot of help in taking those next steps. Then you need to be discipled by somebody. And so what you can do is you just ask us, and we'll help you to find somebody that's called to be a disciple maker. And there's some of you here that you've been a Christian for a long time, and you've never discipled somebody. You need to be discipling somebody. You're going, okay, I'd love to disciple somebody, but I don't know how. Well, that's where Small Circle comes in. It's a tool that we have, and it's available right on your phone. It's free to download right on your phone, and it's a tool that helps you to disciple somebody else. There's 24 lessons with it all together. There's six lessons on sort of the foundational beliefs about God of what are the things that you absolutely need to know about God. Then there's six lessons on how do you have a relationship with God, with Jesus. How do you pray? How do you study God's word for yourself? You know, don't rely on Gilbert. Get in and study it for yourself. How do you do that? We teach you that in small circle. Then there's six lessons on how do you have a, a, like a Christian relationship with other people, like that you truly forgive people when they hurt you. How do you handle conflict resolution? How, how, do you, how do you know, like, how you can make the biggest impact in life? And so there's, like, assessments and things that we do with that. And then there's six lessons, then, that we give on how to become a disciple maker yourself. So 24 lessons all together. It's meant to be done about every other week. So it's not a huge time commitment for you. 
So about 11 months if you went straight through. But here's what I always say to people. If you're able to take somebody through in just 11 months, they probably didn't need to be discipled. What we're discovering here at Exponential, and, you know, the small circles now in over 100 countries of the world, and I get to train. I've, I've taught this in Kenya. I taught this down in Costa Rica. What we're finding all around the world, uh, I think we're 30 languages now that we've got it translated into. What we're discovering is that the average disciple to take somebody through, it's 13 months, it's 16 months, it's 18 months. For some people, it's even longer. I had one guy here at Exponential, part of it was because of COVID, but it was like 27 months that it took for us to go all the way through together. And the reason for that is when you're one-on-one with somebody, you can do what I call camping out. In other words, there's no pressure to go on to a next lesson. I won't say exactly what it was, but Steve is one of the guys I took through. He and I did three months just on one topic. I can't stand here and preach the same message three months in a row. You can't be in a, a Sunday school class or in a small group or a life group and do the same lesson three months in a row. But you know what? We did the exact same thing three months in a row on one topic. Why? Because it was an area that Steve really wanted to grow in. And you can't microwave discipleship. Character and conduct does not change overnight. And so we read a book about it, and we were talking about it, and he was growing in it. And at the end, I was actually ready to go on to the next one, and Steve's like, no, I really want to get this. So we got another book, and we read it again, or another book then. So it was three months just on one topic that we did. And so it's, it's an important thing. And by the way, you know, the disciples making disciples making disciples. So I had discipled Steve. Steve discipled Jim. Jim's now discipling, where is he, JT? Disciples making disciples making disciples. It's not on pastors to make disciples. It's everyday people. Steve's a truck driver. Jim works for a pharmacy company. JT's in the military. Everyday people. Disciples making disciples. And so, again, if you're interested in small circle, you're saying, man, I need somebody that would pour into my life like that, let us know. Put it on a connection card. Talk to me. Talk to others. If you're somebody who's going, you know what, I, I need to be a disciple maker, we're actually offering a training here at Exponential on May the 20th. About a month from now, on May the 20th, from 9 to 2, there's four churches that I'm sort of discipling right now, the pastors, and training them, and so they're bringing their people here that need to be disciple makers. They're going to be here uh, May the 20th. I'm going to be training them, but you're welcome to that. You're welcome to invite anybody to that if you're somebody that says, I want to be a disciple maker, because really, again, this one's going to be for disciple makers, and I'll train exactly how to do that and actually how do you use the tool that's right there on your phone uh, to help with that. So let us know if you're interested in that as well. All right, so that's one of the things uh, that we do here as far as, as mission in helping people take next steps. And there's other things that we do as well. But what's this going to look like then in your own personal life? Because you got a vision for your life. How are you going to do it? What is the mission then? Well, the easiest thing to think about for your life is an epitaph. In other words, what is it that you want on your tombstone that people are going to say about you? 
something that would summarize it in just a couple words of if you truly lived out your mission in life, what would they put there? See, the problem is so many people, they just sort of drift through life. They just sort of wake up and they do the same thing that they did yesterday, which is the same thing they did the week before, same thing they did the month before, the year before, the decade before, and just sort of counting the days until death. But if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to make sure that our lives are making a difference, that our lives are counting for something. And again, I don't care who you are or what you do for a living, your life should be making a difference in some way. And I know that at your funeral, you want people to stand up and say you're a great spouse, or you're a great parent, or grandparent, or whatever. I know you want people to say that. But listen, everybody wants people to say that about them at their funeral. What I'm saying is, what is going to be said about you that is different? That people go, wow, had they never lived, this world would be completely a different place. So how did you make a difference with this one and only life that you've been given? Now again, if you need help with that, we offer something here at Exponential that helps you with it. It's called Clasis. And what Clasis is, is a, a, a class that's it's actually four classes over a five-week period. And Clasis, by the way, is the Greek word for calling, that you and I have been called to do something great and significant with our lives but it's unique to every single one of us. But how do you know? What is it that God is calling you to do so that you'll have a life that has meaning and a life that has purpose to it? Well, you need to take the Clases course. And what you discover in that is there's six major categories that once you understand how you fit into each one of those six major categories, it all sort of comes together And that is your call. That's what you're supposed to do. So we're talking things like your personality. And so we give you some assessments in that. We're talking about things like uh, the unique gifts that God has given you. We're talking about your prayer time, what God is speaking in the word, what other people are speaking to you. So we cover six different, very broad categories. And as you go through each one of those, boom, there it is. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. That's the next step that I need to take. Now, at the end of the class, it's not like, you've got it all together, and now all of a sudden, you know, your ministry and life is all there. No, you now know what it is. Now you got to take those next steps to, to do it. Again, I would encourage you, take Clases. Let us know. Put it on your connection card. Man, I'd love to take the next Clases course, and we'll get you signed up in order to do that. All right, so with vision and mission, we need clarity. But with values, then, what we need is consistency. In other words, daily, whether it's in your personal life, your family life, your company life, you need to be living out the things that you say that you value. Because, again, quite frankly, if you fulfill the vision and you fulfill your mission, but yet from a value standpoint, you've neglected Jesus, you've gotten there illegally, immorally, unethically, then it doesn't really matter. You need to make sure that your vision and your mission have values that undergird it as you go. Those, those values that are the guardrails that keep you safe. I've said this to you in the past. Put it on your outline. Be careful who you become in the pursuit of what you want. Again, be careful of who you become in the pursuit of what you want. All right, so let's look at this then in Jesus' life, the, the whole values type of thing. 
one time I, a, a religious scholar came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, out of all 613 commands in the Jewish scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible, out of all 613, which one's the most important? In other words, which one should we value the absolute most? And Jesus answered him. And again, this is another section of scripture we've looked at a lot. Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then he says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So really, if you want to break it down, what were two, the two primary values that Jesus had in life? One was love God, and the other was you need to love people. Simple, right? Jesus, two values. He, he has this, he wants a vision for this universal kingdom. And he has a mission of we're going to have this team of global disciple makers. And what are our values as we're raising up that team? Well, it's all about loving God. It's going to be all about loving people. So that's what it looked like for Jesus. What's it look like here at Exponential? Well, through the years, we've had a number of different values, because values uh, can change different seasons of life that you go through, and we've seen that, but they all sort of still reflect the, the vision and the mission. So we've had things like, you know, that lost people matter to God, therefore they must matter to me. We've talked about that no perfect people were allowed. We've talked about how excellence honors God and it inspires people. We talk still to this day that you matter to God and you matter to me as well. A more recent value is one I've been communicating more and more and more to you is that Jesus' final command needs to be our first priority. So those are some of the values that we try to, to live by. We, we sort of filter things through those. Every decision gets filtered through values. They're the framework for the vision and the mission. And you're going to need to do the same thing in your personal life. What are the things that you say, you know what, if nothing else happens, these things absolutely need to be done. If you had to think of a, a word, I would say think of the word non-negotiables. What are the non-negotiables in your life? Did you say if nothing else happens, these things absolutely must be done? I'll give you an example for me. And, and the way I've done mine in life is sort of a, a greater than sign. So for me, the eternal is greater than the temporal. That goes back to my calling in the late 90s. When God said, go over it, I want you to do something with your life that's going to make an eternal difference because what you're doing with your businesses is just making a temporary difference. So that's one of my core values, that the eternal is greater than the temporal. And so I'm constantly filtering things through that. Is this going to make an eternal difference or is this making a temporal difference? Uh, another one for me is that people are greater than projects. And this one's hard for me. Because I'm a type A, like very driven type of personality. But again, our personal values need to always reflect Jesus. So what did he say? Love God and love people. And so I have this one as one of my personal values because I want it to be a constant reminder to myself. And again, I'm not perfect in this one. But that people are more important than projects because I can get very like, let's do this. Like, we got this project. Come on, let's do it, right? People are more important than projects. 
Another one for me is that experiences are more important than things. So to me, let's say I've got like some discretionary money, right? All, all the bills are paid and, and the savings and investing, all, all that stuff is done. I, I've given back to Jesus and I've got, say, $1,000. Well, there is literally a million things you could do with $1,000. And so to me, experiences are more important, are greater than things, stuff. So I'd rather take that $1,000 and go on a trip or go to, a, I guess it'd be a very nice concert or, you know, or a sporting event, but I'd rather experience things and have people along with me because those are memories that we're going to create. Whereas if I buy the latest phone with $1,000, eventually it's going to break, it's going to wear out, it's going to get stolen, it's going to like not be like the latest version anymore, and then I'm going to be like, oh, I want something, you know, different. So experiences are more important than just stuff. My final one then, and this is actually a newer value for me because I'm getting ready to turn 50, is that staying young is greater than getting old. <laughs> and what I mean by that isn't so much the physical, because there's only so much we can do physically, right? I mean, we should try to do that. But really, for me, it's more about a mindset. Because I know the older we get, the more likely it is that we're going to get stuck in our ways. And so I, I want to constantly have that, that young mindset of trying new things and experimenting with new things. And I think I'm doing pretty good with this because Lisa, a lot of times, she's like, I love that you're my little boy. And she doesn't mean that like in a derogatory sense or like condescending type of way. But it's just that, I love fun. I love to still play games and have adventures and, and, and just do things. And, and like, this is new. Let's try it. Right? And I'm afraid that as I get older, that may start to decrease. And I'll become more conservative. And so I've made it one of my core values now. That staying young is greater than getting old. So it's all about here as much as it is here in the physical body. So those are my four core values. You need to create your own. Again, what are the couple things you say that absolutely must happen in your life, in your family's life, in your career life that are values to you? As I start to wrap up then today, I want to give you a little bit of an exercise. On the screen today, you saw the sort of the, the boxes there, and there was the, the vision and the mission and the values, and we talked about Jesus and exponential, and then we talked about you. I want you to do this same thing at home this week. I want you to get out a piece of paper or maybe do a spreadsheet online. I want you to divide it into nine boxes. Now, you're going to have the same thing. You're going to have a header for vision. You're going to have a header for mission. You're going to have a header for values. But for you then, what I want it to be is personal. I want you then to have one for family, and I want you to have one for career. So nine boxes. Vision, mission, values, personal, family, career. What's that going to look like for you? 
And I want you to start praying about it. I want you to start filling in those boxes of what is the vision you have for your personal life? What is the vision you have for your family's life? What is the vision that you would have for your career? And then the same thing with, you know, all the other ones, the the mission, the, the values. Some of them you already know. Some of these things, it may take you days or weeks or even months to fill in all the boxes. But you need to continue to fill it in until you have all nine filled out. This is so, so important. Again, don't just aimlessly drift through life. You need to be thinking about these things. You need to be praying about these things so that it's so clear that this is my vision in life. This is my mission. These are the values that I have and that you're doing that personally and for your family and for your career life as well. I'll wrap up then today with Ephesians 5.15. Paul writes this, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. A fool just drifts through. A wise person says, you know what? I need a roadmap for life. And so I'm going to use God's word to help me create a, a roadmap of a vision. How am I going to get from here to there? So what is the vision and and what is the mission and what are the values as I'm going along? You want to have a life that's a life that was well lived? Fill in those nine boxes. Do this exercise no matter how long it takes you to do it. Have that roadmap so that you too can take your next step in your journey towards God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, again, that you sent your son Jesus to be a model for us of what true leadership can look like. Lord, I pray that this this message today has been convicting, that maybe some of the boxes we have filled out already in our lives, but then there's some holes, there's some gaps. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would get into your word and we would pray and we would say, Jesus, what would this look like? For me, What would this look like for my family? What would this look like in my career? To have a vision and mission and values that are reflective of who you are and what your vision, mission, mission and values were as well, of a universal kingdom, of a team of global disciple makers and truly loving God and loving people. Lord, again, if, if our personal stuff doesn't reflect you, then we've missed the, we've missed the mark. And so, Father, I, I just pray that you would help us to be dependent on your spirit, listening to your still small voice and filling in these gaps and then living it out because it's one thing to have it on paper. It's another thing then to live it out. So Lord, help us. Help us to each day take those life-changing next steps in our journey with and towards you. I pray all this in Jesus' name.